Hi everybody, Jeff Cooper here from Classic Christian Rock Radio, and this is the Time Machine Show once again, and today our guest is Perry Springman from Perry and the Poor Boys. Hi Perry, how are you today? I'm doing great, Jeff. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for doing this. Um, What age did you start in music? Well, you know, we don't keep very good records here (laughs) in Canada, so I'm not entirely sure. I know. But uh, I graduated from Bible school when I was about in my early 20s, and then I moved to San Diego. And that's kind of when I got into music. I was working at a a Lutheran church doing youth and music. And so I was around kind of late, a bit of a late bloomer. I started probably, I don't know, 28, 29. Yeah. Started doing music, but then at that time it wasn't, full-time music it was just for fun and leading worship at my church yeah so you don't you don't uh, count playing uh, a tennis racket banjo as a child then eh you know we were <laughs> a poor family we didn't yeah. have any tennis rackets no okay or, yeah <laughs> all right um what or who influenced you musically uh probably the person that influenced me the most would be my mom, actually, mm-hmm. because growing up, she would play these uh, these records, records, of, you know, the round, yep. big round. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've got many of she them. Would, yeah. And she would play all these great uh, singers, you know, uh, Nat King Cole and Perry Como. And and she would just play these records over and over and over again. And I I got to know these songs. I never sang along with them but of course that music really influenced me and just listening to that so i'd say she kind of did just by playing these records a lot in our home hmm. and then you in turn uh did that with your own children of course oh yeah well you can't keep them away from music now <laughs> that's great yeah we'll get into that later on as well uh so tell us more about your life growing up uh your testimony well, how long is this show? It's so <laughs> as long as you want it to be. It's a long testimony, is it? Well, you know, I can you know, there's the Reader's Digest version yeah. and then there's the book version, but I'll give you the the much shorter, much, much shorter okay. version. Okay, give us the good so, stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I, I grew up uh in Saskatchewan in a little town called Nippowin. Um uh, I am uh, Jewish. My mom and my dad are Jewish mm-hmm. and so uh, I grew up going to uh, you know synagogue and Hebrew school and studying for my bar mitzvah, and it wasn't until I guess I was around ten or eleven we moved out here to the Vancouver area, and I kind of decided that I really didn't want to do this stuff anymore. But when you're already halfway through your preparations for bar mitzvah, hmm. you don't want to stop because the bar mitzvah is a huge party and yeah. you get a lot of presents (laughs) yeah and uh you know a lot of a lot of people just bring you well i've still got them actually i've got a lot of the wallets Mm -hmm. Uh, i got like seven or eight wallets and i think i've gone through like two of them so uh hopefully i'll be able to use all of them yeah but uh so yeah we got a lot of uh i got a lot of presents and Mm -hmm. But as soon as the bar mitzvah was over, I didn't want to have anything to do with any kind of religion because it really wasn't anything that seemed to affect my life. It just kind of seemed like stuff, you know, to learn and pack it away somewhere and not really use it. Yeah. So uh, when I turned 13, I 
basically said, that's it. I don't want anything to do with it. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, when I was probably, I guess, 14 years old, I met uh, a guy from my school named Tim and became friends. And I found out that, you know, of course, he was a Christian and I couldn't discount the fact that he was a pretty good guy. He was a, a real person, you know, he had mistakes, but uh, he was a really good guy and had a, a profound effect on me. And I realized that hmm, maybe there's something to this. Uh, at that time, I kind of put all the religions together. I didn't really know any differences. And other than, you know, Jewish uh, faith is much different than the Christian faith. I really didn't know um, it really the, the differences. So, uh, but I, I paid attention to Tim. Uh, he never preached to me. He just was himself. Mm-hmm. And, and I was thankful for that because I didn't want somebody to be trying to force religion down my throat. Yeah. So through those years, uh, 14, 15, 16, 17 years old, you know, I uh, hung out with him quite a bit and, and met some of his friends from church. But again, didn't really want to get involved with the the Christian religion aspect of what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I was, I guess, probably 17 years old, he finally convinced me, hey, why don't you come to my church? We're having a youth event. And it was like a coffee house. And I I think it was, if you remember Salmon and Mulder. Yes, uh, yes. Boy, Salmon is still around. These yes, parts. he is. He's uh, almost a neighbor to me. Yeah, okay, yeah. So I remember going to see them play, and I was really amazed and Mm -hmm. this just at this little lutheran church in coquitlam Uh and i was really amazed to uh hear people playing great music and they seemed like they were fun they had some you know pretty silly songs but at the same time (laughs) the the turkey song right (laughs) yeah of course yeah you can't live without that one yeah so anyway um that kind of planted a little seed Mm -hmm. and um, over the next, you know, weeks and months, I would occasionally come to something else that was happening there, at the uh, at the church. But again, you know, I didn't I didn't want to freak my parents out, so I didn't. I told them as little as possible. Yeah. Uh, and then it got to the point where I actually went to church one Sunday, and I had to had to lie and tell them I was going to do something else. If you can believe it, somebody <laughs> lying about. <the> church. <laughs> Well, that was me, you know. Yeah, I would, yeah. While my, while my other friends were, you know, mm-hmm. telling fibs about where they were going because they were going out to party and yeah. all sorts of stuff and things they shouldn't do, I was, you know, wow, lying about going to church. Well, anyway, uh, <laughs> so I uh, and this this kept up for a little while, and then I uh, finally, uh, when I was, I think, I guess, first year out of high school, so I was eighteen. I remember distinctly getting down on my knees uh nobody else around nobody telling me that i had to do it yeah and just getting down on my knees uh in my room and praying and asking jesus to come into my life and uh wow things have really changed since then I bet. And, and immediately they did change so a lot of there was a lot of changes in my life right away yeah especially in the way i talked and the words i use mm-hmm. um definitely stopped doing a lot of the stuff that was harmful to me and to other people. And, 
And I kept it a secret mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. Kept it a secret from my parents for probably four months. Yeah. Until one day they had got I guess they got a phone call from someone. Yeah. My friends who didn't know this, you know, intrigue was going on. Yeah. And they asked some questions. So when is uh, is Perry coming to the youth event today? Oh boy, yeah. And my parents <laughs> were like, "Huh?" <laughs> anyway, so they went through my house. They, I mean, they went through my room. They found Bibles. Oh. They found a couple of Bibles. They found some other Christian books that my friends had given me, and I kept everything hidden. I mm-hmm. thought pretty well, but. Mm-hmm. They found it, and so I came home one day, and there I was at the bottom of the stairs, and they're standing up at the top, and they're like, what's this about? And they're holding all this oh boy, Bibles and things, asking, you know, what's this about you being a Christian? Because I think they even asked, oh, so Perry's a Christian or something? Oh, yeah, yeah he's been a Christian for four months. Oh, boy. <laughs> I can't remember who that was that, <laughs> that, that, that called, but it's probably a good thing. I don't know. Oh, wow. So anyway— uh, and that's when it all, yeah, everything came unraveled. Yeah, and yeah. I, uh, yeah, my parents, you know, f- tried to force me to not be a Christian anymore, and they sent me to the rabbi, you know, hopefully he was going to talk some sense into me. And I think I just ended up confusing him more. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the the thing I told the rabbi was, and I still remember this, is because he was asking me questions that I had no answers to. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's been studying the scriptures his whole life, and I've been reading the Bible for like four months or something. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have answers to a lot of his questions, to most of his questions. And finally, I I just kind of said, look, I don't know what happened. All I know is that I'm changed, and I didn't do it. Wow. And... You know, and later, of course, I uh, years later, I sort of realized that that's sort of what that the blind man said. Yeah, was questioned by the you know religious leaders. He said, "I don't know. All I know is I was blind, and now I can see." Wow, Amen. That is amazing. So, I love it. Great story. So uh, anyway, and from there, uh, you know, I got kicked out of the house. Yeah. And I, Back and I go stay with friends and mm-hmm. and my parents would say, okay, come on back, but don't go to church. But I'm I'm still going to church. I'm sneaking out, you know, early yeah. Yeah. morning, and I'm I'm not rather than lie to them, I just sneak away. I mean, I'm 19 years old. Yeah, yes. And I'm sneaking, you know, out to go to church. But you know, <laughs> yeah. this was the worst thing that had ever happened to them. Yeah, I I know uh, for sure that my my coming to belief in Yeshua, uh, Jesus, was the worst thing that had ever happened to them, and it caused them so much grief and pain. Mm. And, you know, that's a lot to carry for anyone, and mm. certainly a new Christian. And, mm-hmm. and that was a big burden. And, you know, my friends, my Christian friends, they, they tried to help me, and they did. In a lot of ways, they did. But at one point, I, I really felt that they were sort of pulling away a little bit, not entirely, but yeah. just pulling away a little bit. And that was an important thing because I needed to really be relying on Jesus, not on my friends. Yeah. And, uh, you know, at the time I, I thought, what's going on? Where are my friends gone? And they're, you know, these Christian friends, you know, they're all these things I thought 
was gonna what it was gonna be like to be a Christian. It's not true. And so, you know, the devil was trying to get in there and and say, see, it's not it's not true. It's not real. And he was trying to uh, pull me away. But fortunately, I had a great Bible, mm-hmm. and that it caused me just to get closer to Jesus. Amen. And pray a lot. And yeah, it was good to be on my own because we need to be on our own. Uh, because, well, as uh, I don't know if you've ever heard this, this uh, saying is God has no grandchildren. Right. Exactly. I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that kind of was the, the start of, I think when my faith really, really grew. Yeah. See, there's a the thing. No. Parents, most parents feel that they want to pass on their traditions, their beliefs, and everything about them to their children, and not let them be their own person. So I can see where that's coming from, and it must. Yeah, I can hear that is difficult and a lot of hurt in your family. And I'm, I'm glad that the Lord saw you through it all, and uh, for better times, for sure. Yeah, and you know, I think they they come. They came to accept it, you know, yeah. years years later. And I remember at uh, one point, my dad, it was actually for his 65th birthday, I had written a song for him, yeah. recorded it, and down in uh, in Seattle. And, and then I, before the party, because it was a big party, it was yeah. 100 people came, I said, oh, I asked him if he wanted to come. And I told him about the song, and I wanted to play it for him mm-hmm. before everybody else heard it. Yeah. And so he, he sat in the car and uh, put in the cassette and he listened to the song and he was quiet for a moment. And then I remember he said, you know, I, he said, I'm sorry that I've been so hard on you mm. all these years. You know, uh, I honestly just I was worried about you thinking that this Christian thing was just not going to be good for you. And I, I was I was worried that you weren't going to amount to anything. Yeah. And I remember him saying that, thinking, huh. And anyway, and he said, you know, I, I'm sorry. I realized that that wasn't true. And yeah. I mean, it was still hard for him because he's got, you know, he he suffered a lot as a Jew yeah. when growing up. I mean, he was, um, mm-hmm. he, he saw what, what happened to the Jews in Europe. He yeah. was in the Canadian Army during the World War II. Yeah. And so he didn't have a lot of love for Christians because he didn't see the mm. Catholic Church especially doing anything. And yeah. if, if anything, they seemed like they were uh, causing more grief. Yeah. So, so, you know, understandably so. He didn't really know any Christians very well, and mm-hmm. I was the first Christian he got to know. Yeah. Did that song make it on any of your albums? Yeah, it is. It's on... Um, I think it's on Deep Blue Sea. It's called Fortune Traveler. Good to know. Okay. Moving along. Wow, that is sure. powerful, powerful testimony. Uh, I just feel your. I feel the pain and the and the um, what you went through, and I feel uh, the emotion in your voice. And uh, it, it's a blessing to hear a story like that because we know everybody has struggles in families. And families do get uh, somewhat torn apart through different things. Yours is an amazing one. Often you hear about uh, drugs breaking families apart. And here it is, Christianity. And um, wow. How are your parents doing now? Are they still around? No, they're not. My my mom passed away 11 years ago. Mm -hmm. And my dad 
Wow, he uh, 1991. Wow. But you know, I'm happy to say before they passed away, um, I'm confident that they came to know Jesus. Amen. That's and, uh, yeah. hard. Hard for for Jews, especially yes. old, because there's a lot of, you know, like they've all their friends and relatives. Um, it would have been hard for them. Yeah. You know, each person lives their own life, and we we have to live our own life, like you yeah. said. Yeah. Uh, you know, because God doesn't have any any grandkids, so we have nope. to live our life to God yeah. and with God. And so, but you know, it was yeah through all that time. Definitely, I felt God's presence. Amen. And hard for my my brothers. I've got uh, two brothers and a sister, and they never came to really understand it. Mm-hmm. And they were, yeah, you know, pretty definitely opposed to it. Yeah. And even my older brother, my oldest brother, I remember uh, getting in a scuffle with him once in our garage, and mm. he was a lot bigger than me, and yeah. you know. Ah, but again, there's a lot, there's a lot of anger and a lot of distrust. And unfortunately that still continues yeah. in, in our world, how people, especially Jewish people feel about, about Christianity, because yeah. you've got, you've got a, on one hand, you've got Christianity that looks very, what's the word? It, it doesn't look very Jewish right. to most Jews. Right. To most Jews. Right. It looks very it looks very non-Christian, and yet yeah. Christianity is very, very Jewish. And yeah. once you get into the scriptures and study, uh, you find out, like in the New Testament, it was a very, very Jewish thing, and still is. Yeah, yeah. So anyway. The last why it's so important for us to show our Christianity in our lives. That's yeah. what people will see, Jesus in us, yeah. not, not what we tell them. They want yeah. to hear what we read. They don't want to hear what we saw. They want to see us acted out in our lives. That's what's most well, important. Well, that's what I saw in not just my friend Tim, but yeah. a lot of his, his friends. I saw it actually lived out yeah. in a real way. And that's what attracted yeah. me to it because I I thought they've got something really important I definitely don't have. Yeah. yeah. And that that's what draws us. Exactly. Even today. Yeah. Okay, so tell us now, uh, what bands did you get involved in? And tell us about it, a little bit about that. What bands you've had, uh, garage bands, any band, what band did you tour with or open for or play with? <laughs> That's another long I know. If, I know it's a long one. We want to hear some of oh, that, no. too. Sure, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, you know, my very first band I ever played in was, I hadn't been a, I hadn't been a Christian for very long, and I liked to sing, although, you know, just for fun, but some of the people from this church had a little group, and I, they asked me to if I wanted to sing with them, and I said, uh, okay. I had sung in choir in high school for one year, so eleventh or twelfth grade. Yeah, and so I mm-hmm. said, oh, okay. So I just kind of started singing with them a little bit, but uh, you know, it was kind of a scary thing to do because I'm, you know, at that time I was very shy and I would never come out and do something like that but God was giving me courage to do stuff I had never done before so uh, I'm trying to remember what the name of that group was I know we had a name but wow that was been a while Uh, after that at Bible school in Seattle I was part uh, I led a group called Night Song oh yeah so we did that for again it was just during Bible school and we played a few times here and there Um, 
after that, then I moved to San Diego. Wow. And then that's where Perry and the Poor Boys began. Really? I, yeah, I was a youth. I was a youth pastor at a Lutheran church in North County, San Diego, mm-hmm. and I had been leading worship for our contemporary service. So you got to understand yes. back then, mm-hmm. Lutheran churches didn't really do much contemporary music. No. But they really wanted to have a contemporary service. So when they hired me, they said, "Hey, can you put together a, like a contemporary worship group?" Mm-hmm. So I you know, knew that there were musicians in the church that played various instruments. So I put a little thing together and we started leading worship. Anyway, around about that time or not short, uh, shortly after that, I got a phone call from a guy from an organization called Lutheran Youth Encounter. And I believe his name was Gary Corpy. Mm-hmm. He was one of the directors or the director of Lutheran Youth Encounter. And he said, hey, uh, we do these kind of conferences, youth conferences, you know, all over the U.S. How would you like to do one for us uh, when we come to San Diego, when we bring it to San Diego? Mm-hmm. Just need somebody to lead worship. And I said, okay. So I put together a, a group, and then I remember one day he called me and said, uh, what are you going to – do you have a name for your group? And I said, oh, no. <laughs> Uh, I think we had played – I had played another youth ministry thing in Seattle for a Lutheran – again, Lutheran church that does lots of these events. So this was a just a smaller event, and they billed us as Perry and the California Cool Rays. <laughs> I know, I know. I, I was thinking from that moment on, we're just taking off. You oh, know? boy. Perry, Perry – and the California cool race. Anyway, so uh, getting back to San Diego, so I'm on the phone with him, and he's asking me what we're going to be called. And I said, I don't know. And he goes, uh, how about Perry and the Poor Boys? Yeah. And I said, fine. I didn't care. Really? Uh, yeah. I, to me, well, because it was like a one-off thing. Yeah. I was yeah. thinking that we were putting together a band and we were going to tour. It was just one-off. And uh, so we went there. I, you know, I brought some of the – the kind of college age kids and a couple of high school kids down to San Diego played at this youth gathering. And it was really fun. We had a great time leading worship. I don't think at that time I had, I maybe played a couple of my own songs back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, like that song, we're so sure I might have, we might have rec- already recorded that song. Yeah. And I think I gave you a yes a CD with that song. on. Yeah. Just really a strange song, but it's a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, from there, we uh, kept getting asked to do more and more of these conferences wow, with this yeah. uh, Lutheran Youth Encounter. Yeah. So, you know, two or three times a year, they'd ask us, hey, can you come up to Minnesota? Can you mm. come up to Oregon? And so I, I did a few of those. And then one of my friends from Bible school, his name is Wayne Hawes. Mm-hmm. He was the guy that kind of got me into, hey, why don't you do this, you know, for full-time work. Yeah. Wow. And I, when he said that to me, I, I thought you're crazy. <laughs> I've got a, a decent job here working at the church yeah. and you know, there's no, yeah, there's no way I, I mean, I heard other bands play and actually it was during that time I had heard the 77s mm-hmm. play at Knott's Berry farm yeah. the first time. And I'm thinking I don't belong 
on any stage doing anything like what they're doing. They're real, yeah. You know, <laughs> they're a real, they're a real band. <laughs> they're very they've good. Got, <laughs> they've got cool hair and cool moves and great songs. And so, you know, I didn't think that that was ever going to be uh, something I'd want to do yeah. <laughs> or could do. Uh, but you know, I, I kept doing these youth gatherings and I started to realize that it's not just about, uh, playing amazing songs. It's there's also a lot going on in that relationship that you have with your audience. Yeah, yeah. and and I remember, yeah, there was this guy named George that led a Bible study uh, in the town where I lived. I lived in Vista, California, mm-hmm. North County, San Diego, and there was this guy named George that led the worship. And actually, he was the kind of like the pastor for this college group that I went to. Well, it's like on a Tuesday night. Anyway, George, he he didn't play guitar very well. Hmm. He he played just barely <laughs> well enough to lead the songs. Yeah, uh, and he also wasn't a great singer at all. Mm-hmm. But the thing that that George did well was that he he really communicated and he got us singing, and his his abilities in singing and playing guitar weren't so bad that it was a distraction, but they weren't so good that it was like he was showing off. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. So it it was, it was, uh, something that you felt like you could be a part of. And, and, and I always think back on George and even now I think of leading worship and how to me, it's really important that we're not, we don't get in the way of worship by being, by being, uh, a distraction. Yeah. And that's easy to do in, in today's mm-hmm. music. It's really easy to do because there's a lot of bells and whistles yeah. that, and a lot of stuff that we can do, uh, on stage with lighting and audio and graphics and you name it props to be a distraction. And I've done it over yeah. the years. I've done it. Mm-hmm. And say most bands have done it yeah. to be a distraction and people are not focusing on what the song's about. Mm. And if you're a Christian artist, you want, I think you want some songs at least, If you're, especially if you're worship leading, mm-hmm. you don't want to be in the way. You want people to be worshiping God, not your great singing or your great musical abilities. Now, having said all that, that doesn't mean we're not supposed to play our best. Right. Of course we should. We should give our best to God. We should play our best. We should be our best. But... That, where you draw that line, I don't know if it's a line because it's different, I think, with every person. Mm. Um, it's a heart thing, I believe, that uh, each person knows when they're not just leading worship. Yeah, exactly. And we have songs We have songs that aren't worship leading. They're, they're kind of fun, yeah. and they're songs to make people think, mm-hmm. and that's okay. Yeah, of course it is. They don't, all, they don't all have to be, in my opinion, worship leading. No. So anyway, uh, that was a really long answer. That's a good uh, answer. Course. Great and answer. And I don't even know if I answered it all. But no, uh, you so did. you were talking about asking about bands. Yeah. Uh, and uh, there you go. So you mentioned to me before in um, 77s, uh, you got involved. How did Micro get involved in your life and with your music? And uh, tell us a little bit about how you became his backup band. <laughs> That's a good well, story. yeah. Well, uh, you know, all you have to do is follow these people around, and you know, now we do it on social media. Yeah. Uh, but then you actually went to the concerts. Yes. 
So the first time I saw him, I mentioned earlier, I saw him at Knott's Berry Farm in, I think it was like 1984. Mm -hmm. They played at one of the New Year's Eve events that Knott's Berry Farm did every year. Yeah. And there was a lot of bands playing there, and I saw them playing. And it was, in fact, I was just talking to Mike about that show. Mm -hmm. uh, I was just talking to him a couple days ago about it because he said that, well, I'll tell you what I saw. I, I walked in with my youth group. There's thousands of people there. And Knott's Berry Farm, I don't know if you've ever been there, but it's no. a huge place. Yeah. It's kind of like Disneyland, lots of rides, attractions. And then they had probably seven or eight stages set up in various places of this mm -hmm. you know, huge amusement park. And so I'd never heard of the 77s, and I walked in with my youth group. I think it was about 20 of us. And we were at the back, and we saw this band playing in a big crowd, mm -hmm. you know, probably a thousand people in front of the stage. And they were on the stage just wailing away. <laughs> yeah. And I had never seen, I had never seen Christian musicians behave like that before. <laughs> what is going on? Uh, there's the drummer, his name's Aaron Smith. Yes. He's just pounding away on yeah. the drums. Yeah. And uh, Mike Rowe, the guitar player, he's like, laying on the floor with his guitar and he's <laughs> and he's wrapped up in a blanket or something like and he's rolling around on the floor and the bass player's going going and the other guitar players playing yeah. and, and i think they had a keyboard player at the time too mm -hmm. a guy named mark tootle yes he both and i was blown away yeah i thought this was so cool well, I, I found out actually just talking with Mike a couple of days ago. He said that what was going on was that he was doing this um, James Brown kind of yeah. spoof yeah. on this one song. I think it's called "You Don't Scare Me." Okay, and and there was uh, there there's a fog machine. Yeah, and they they were using this oil based fog. Yeah, and so he had this cape around him. <laughs> it was a cape. It was a big cape. I thought it was a blanket. Yeah. It was a cape around him because he didn't want to get his clothes all greasy right. and oily mm -hmm. from this stuff. So he was he had this cape around him and he was playing his guitar, rolling around. Well, he got like tangled up in his cable. And then <laughs> uh, I think Jan Eric, the bass player, he came over to try and help him. And he got tangled up and they tripped and fell on top of each other. So that's what I came <laughs> into. And that's what I saw. But, but I just saw guys having musicians yeah. having fun. Yeah. And it's very different from what I saw. He said there were people booing him on the front. But we were cheering in the back. Of course, yeah. And the people at the back are the ones that really matter, That's right. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're the ones that uh, really see what's going on in the big picture, literally, when you're in the back. I like the back row. Well, <laughs> anyway, it, was, it was a lot of fun. Oh, that's so, wild. Uh, but, yeah, he was, um, yeah, our, so anyway, I saw them there. I don't think I talked to them then. And then yeah. after that, every once in a while, we'd, you know, I'd go and see them somewhere else. I saw them play at a place in San Clemente. I can't remember the name of the place now. A uh, really cool show. I still got the guitar pick oh. that that uh, it broke and fell on the floor. Yeah. Uh, which is funny because years later, you know, I'd be playing somewhere and one of my guitar picks that would break would fall on the floor and a fan would come up later and get it. Yeah. I think that's, that's, that's as cute. Yeah. I'm sure that's what Mark was, <laughs> Mike was thinking. That's so cute. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I saw him there, and then I saw him at the Lahasa Club, which I don't know if it's still in existence, but that mm. was a club that was dedicated to uh, U2, the band right. U2. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and then, yeah, actually, it was at that club, at the Lahasa Club. I was really surprised that 
couple of the guys in the band remembered my name, mm-hmm. how they from previous, you know, gigs where I, I showed up with a couple of my youth group kids or one of my friends. Yeah. And I was always impressed, especially uh, what's his name? Um, Aaron Smith. Yes. He would remember my name. Now, yeah. How do you do that? He's a, but yeah, he's a, he's a good guy. He's got a good memory. Yeah. yeah. We've had him on the show as well. You have. Okay. Have. But you know what? That, but that really stuck to me. Yeah. That he remembered it. And even though at that point I wasn't thinking I'm going to be a musician one day, I never thought that at all. When I started to go into full-time music, you know, of course, I start looking back on things that influenced me and things that impressed upon me. And their whole band, just the way they uh, were towards me, mm-hmm. was it was really powerful. And I always thought, I, I need to remember people's names. That's an important thing to it do. Sure is. So, so, Jeff... Thank you for having me on your show today, so Jeff. welcome. Yeah, no, thank you, Jeff. I love having, uh, having you on the show. It's an absolute, I'm just being blessed here listening to all this. And uh, obviously, uh, Mike Rowe and the gang showed the true Christianity to you just from remembering, simple thing, remembering your name and how that yeah, makes you feel. You're so right yeah. about that. And their songs were about real life. Yes, and that, I mean, they weren't the only band well, that obviously influenced me, but yeah. they, they wrote songs about real life. Yeah. And of course there was all the other, you know, artists out there that as a, as a youth guy and as a music guy, yeah. you know, at, at a church with young people, you know, we went to lots of bands. So I heard, um, Lifesavers, yeah. Terry Taylor, mm-hmm. uh, I heard, um, what was it called? Uh, the band that he Daniel Amos. started. Daniel Amos. Yeah. I saw them play a number of times at different places. I, in fact, I saw them play at Calvary Chapel in Costa Mesa once. They came out. It was like one of these Tuesday night Bible studies, and they always had a band play right. ahead of time. Yeah. And we got there, and it was it was supposed to be somebody else. Yeah. And the guy that was leading it came out and said, "Sorry, the the artist that was supposed to come and you know play for us this because they always had about forty minutes of music." Mm-hmm. Uh, couldn't make it, so we just got another band. Hope you guys like them. That's all he said. <laughs> Didn't say who it was. And I'm like, okay. And, so, and it's a there's a lot of people there. It was probably a thousand people that came to this uh, this evening uh, Bible study. And the this guy walks out, and he's got a, a dulcimer. You know what a dulcimer yeah, is, right? Yeah, yeah. Or a, auto, sorry, an auto, auto harp. Oh, auto harp. It's, yes. Yeah. Malcolm and all when they use that. Um, you push a button, it strums, 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 yeah. and it's it sounds like recorded. a harp kind of thing. But a, yeah, a, yeah, electric kind of. version of a harp. Yeah, and and this guy comes out and he's got <laughs> one of these things and he strums, strums, strumming it, and he's plugged in. I'm like, who is that? I'm <laughs> thinking, and then one by one, the rest of the band comes out and it's Daniel Amos, yeah. and they launch into like one of their big hits, yeah. and it was pretty cool. Yeah, uh, I think you were so, saying before anyway. it was uh, was it. Um, I did, you didn't do this for me, that one? Um, no, I, forget I did not. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's right. They did not uh, build this for me. <laughs> they did not build it for me. They did not build it for me. That's the one. They did not. Uh, uh. Oh, yeah. They've got some great, they've got some great uh, stories to tell as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, Terry, he's like a, to me, that guy's like a pastor. Yes, yeah. He's a He's like a prophet. He's a pastor. He's a teacher. He's so mm, smart. He you look at any, he watched some of the old videos mm-hmm. of Daniel Amos yeah. when he gets and he starts talking. Yeah. It's no wonder he could write songs yeah. like he. And, uh, yeah. 
Yeah. Anyway. Okay. So yeah, lots of bands. Of course, there's Amy Grant. I mean, come on, Sandy yeah. Patty. Yeah. Who didn't listen to Sandy Patty yeah. way back when? Yes, exactly. But we don't we yeah. don't play any Sandy Patty. We do have some Amy Grant in the library though, so that's all right. Ah, <laughs> I, I met I met Amy Grant. Yeah. Wow. Tell us about that. Well, um, thanks for asking. So this is when I, I lived downtown Vancouver, down in the West End, and there's a natural foods grocery store down there called Capers. Okay. Uh, I think that time it was called Choices. Okay. But anyway, uh, and I used to go shopping there a lot. It was only five minutes walk from our house down on uh, Robson Street. And I walked in there one day. And I was walking through the aisles getting stuff that my wife and I usually got. And then I see this woman standing there. And and I've never seen Amy Grant close up. Just on a stage, I saw her a couple times. Mm-hmm. And I thought, she looks really familiar. <laughs> anyway, I don't want to stare because that's not no, polite. No. And so, you know, I just kind of smiled and kept on going. And um, a little bit later, you know, saw her again because it's not a huge store. And I looked at her and I thought, that's, I think that's Amy Grant. (laughs) Do I have a pen? Do I have paper? I got to get her autograph. No, I didn't. No. So I, uh, anyway, and then I was walking along this section with all the coffees, organic coffees. Yeah. And there's Amy Grant standing there and I was pretty sure it was her, but I wasn't sure. And so I just walked by and I stopped and I said, uh, Excuse me, but um, I was just wondering, is your name Amy? <laughs> she said, yes, it is. And she's got that she, nice uh, yeah. southern accent. Yeah. I said, oh, okay. Yeah, I thought it was you. Uh, and then she just started talking. She yeah. was asking me questions, and she was so friendly. Yeah. And, you know, and I'm holding my hand up like I'm I'm married. Yeah. I've got my – showing my ring and that I'm married. But, you know, I didn't want her to no. think it's like everybody else. Uh, I mean – not that, you know, if I was single, I probably would have asked her her phone number, but I think she was not single either. So anyway, she uh, she was really nice. Yeah. And she was in uh, Vancouver. She was working on a made-for-TV movie. And she was, a play, she was playing the part of a blind piano teacher. Right. I don't know if you ever saw this. I believe this, so. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was, I, I actually didn't see it, but... It sounded like it was it was a pretty cool idea yeah. and a, a cool movie. So she was there for like a month, and uh, she asked me what I what I did, and I said, "Well, actually, I play music," and you know, told her about our group. And I, I think by then I had already recorded a couple of albums with Mike Rowe, and she said, "Oh, are you guys playing anytime in the next little while?" I'm like, oh, "Yeah," I was, we were actually playing that Thursday out at. Um, What's the name of that church out in Abbotsford? Big, big church, uh, Northview. Okay. We were playing out at Northview <clears throat> for one of their college events. Yeah. And they, they at that time, they had four or 500 college kids come. It was a big, big event. Yeah. And we, we were coming out to do the music for it. And she said, oh, well, I'm not sure what I'm doing on Thursday, but if you can, like, call my hotel and just let me know the information, you know, I with the address, et cetera, maybe I can be able to come out. Wow. So, oh, okay, so I, uh, you know, later I got the information address. I called. I didn't get her. She was, I guess, you know, working. Yeah. But left the information for her. And then I thought, what do I do? I got I to gotta let the youth pastor know uh, 
that she might show up. Yeah. Uh, and at that time, the youth pastor was uh, Dave Curry. I don't know if you know that name, Pastor Dave Curry. Okay. And so I let him know, and then he, I think, I don't know what he did. He probably got a little, because this is before internet, yeah. where they send an email out. But yeah. he said, we'll let people know that, he said, I'm not going to let people know ahead of time, but I'll, I'll let a few of our leaders know that she may show right. up. Anyway, she didn't show up. She apparently had to work and apologized and stuff like that. But anyway, mm -hmm. that's my uh, story That's of Amy great. Grant. I hope you liked it. Did she show up? <laughs> oh, she no, didn't I know. Up. It's nice, but she had to work. Nice story. Yeah, she had things yeah. to do. But you know, yeah, they're real people. I mean, I like that part of of once you meet people like that, people that I've kind of idolized. Yeah. Once you finally meet them, same with Larry Norman. Yeah. Uh, people uh, like that that you ended up playing with and doing different things with. Uh, again, like you'd mentioned, Mike Rowe, yeah. Mike Rowe came over to Europe with us um, for on a couple of tours, and we ended up being kind of his backup band. We learned a bunch of his songs, played at Flavo together and other festivals. And, you know, you just find out they're like regular people. Right. They really, they're very talented yeah. uh, at certain things. Yeah. And uh, But then they also, I think, are aware that people, everybody's really talented at certain things yeah. at some and they might be really talented in music, but, you know, my wife is a great cook and can, you know, cook uh, circles around most uh, performers I know. Yeah. That really is important. Of course. Uh, for us, our kids are like to eat and we like to eat good. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. anyway, we all have our gifts and yeah. abilities. Right? So how did Mike Rowe get involved in producing for you? Did you ask him or did he? I, no, no, I asked him. Yeah. I remember calling him up and. I and it's funny. I had already recorded one of his songs, yeah. uh, the, "The Flesh, the Eyes, and the Pride of Life." I had already done a little uh, recording on eight track that ended up on one of our cassettes, and so I was very familiar with his music and loved his music. And I thought, uh, well, when our band at that time, I was in Minneapolis by then uh, with with a band, and at that time we had a couple of Swedes, one guy from Chicago and myself so there was four of us and we were wanting to record you know an album we had a bunch of songs uh, mostly my songs but we had a bunch of songs and wanted to do an album and they asked me if i knew of anybody that maybe could produce and i really liked the 77s i liked their sound and i thought their sound would was you know i mean we didn't have the same kind of sound but mike seemed like he was the main producer. So I called him up, got his number somewhere. And surprisingly enough, he was interested. Mm. And uh, he said, well, I need to hear your songs. And I said, well, okay. Um, and again, this is all before internet, so it's not like I could send him a cassette. No. I sent him a cassette, and then he <clears> said, okay, let's work on the songs. Come down to Sacramento uh, and where he lived, and we'll spend a week. You can spend a week at my house. And we'll do some pre-production, all the songs. So, uh, yeah, we just, and that was the very first album, the one that's called No Fear and Love. Right on. And, uh, yeah, it's funny. One little, one little thing that I just find humorous still is like he was taking notes during when he was listening to all these songs. And I saw some of the notes later on one of the songs. He wrote, this song is awful. <laughs> 
<laughs> and it was the song. It was the song, um, the picture of Laura. Okay. Uh, was it that one or the sweater? No, it was the sweater. <laughs> the sweater. Yeah. yeah, the sweater. It's called the sweater. And uh, he he wrote this song is awful, <laughs> and it's because I've got the guitar. I've got it's an acoustic guitar, and I've tuned it down like four full steps. Uh-huh. So if you can imagine what an acoustic guitar is going to sound right. like, you tune it down that far. The strings are rattling. It's really hard to keep in tune. Mm-hmm. An acoustic guitar isn't made to to do that, right. but it makes the guitar sound like it's a Mack truck. Like it's <laughs> like it's huge. Yeah. And that was the desired effect. That's what I wanted to do. It anyway. So, but it turned out to be one of the songs that he said he loved the best. He thought it wow. was a great song. Yeah. But you know, in that initial moment of listening to it on a cassette and me playing it in front of him and him taking notes, his his thoughts were, "This song is awful." Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, he still remembers that too. It's yeah. What's your favorite song? Oh, on that yeah. one. Uh, well, well, that's the song. That's the album that Lada, yep. you know, came from, uh, or was on. And you know, that song has stood the test yeah. of time. And that was recorded many years ago, and we play it now, and people still like I it. I like it. Yeah, people still, they still find it, and we can play it in any culture. We play it over in Europe. We play it down in South America. Uh, we play it, you know, in a, to a non-Christian crowd, and they like it. It's fun. They, they hear the Christian uh, kind of references in it. Oops, sorry. I was just looking at your song list and I activated it there. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> okay, that's all right. Yeah. So, but, you know, there's that song. The Picture of Laura is a really yeah. uh, cool song. Ransom, of course, you know, was a, a song that I had been, I'd learned in Bible school. I heard it in Bible school. And yeah. that song has, you know, such a long history. Uh, there's that song, that whole album. I know. Even I'm though looking I, at it here, and I'm going. I I've, I like them all. I love. I my favorites probably uh, live like you mean it, or where can I where, like where can it. I hide from you? I just, yeah. I can't get those out of my head, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, and you know those are all songs that were written uh, from kind of real life experiences. They weren't. Yeah. You know, now we often sit down and okay, what are we going to write a song about? Okay, how about we need to have a song about a girl or a car right. or my dog or whatever. Now it's, now it's, uh, or then it was more of these were experiences, things I've been going through yeah. and you know, I write down a few lyrics and, and I like those songs, yeah. those songs. So yeah, uh, they all, you know, they, they all mean something different. Um, you know, actually the sweater, mm-hmm. sweater was on a different album. Yeah. Actually the sweater was on, Saturn Light. Oh, okay. Sorry, I got this mixed that, up. So yeah. it was. It must have been the picture of Laura was the first one that he heard because that that was on that album, right? I'm just. I don't have the I list. I have it here. I, I just lost it again. I'm looking at. Uh, while I'm looking for that, uh, did songs come out as you intended, or did uh, good old producer Mike change a lot about any of the songs, or did they come out like you kind of imagined, just uh, maybe a little better? Well, they came out better than i imagined but at the same time mike was really good at not interfering right which is kind of unusual for a producer especially with somebody like mike who's he's got opinions and uh, you know we but he also was good you know when you're he said when he was doing this first album with us it was a lot of work for him just to 
you know, hear everyone because we all have different opinions. Mm -hmm. So you got four or five guys and, you know, five different opinions on how to do things. So it's a bit of a refereeing too. And so he, um, but he was pretty good. I would say he was really good at bringing out the best of what we could be. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what a good producer is like. And it should be like anyway. So, um, yeah, uh, you know, I had a cold. I had a horrible cold when we were doing No Fear and Love. Uh-huh. We were doing it in Sacramento. It was co- it was cold out, rainy, and then I got a cold. And when we started to do the album, I was fine. But when we got near the end of it, at the end of that two weeks, I started to get a cold. Mm-hmm. And we had to do the vocals. And so we just did them. Yeah. So I don't know if I want anybody to know that. Who's that? That guy that's singing? Does he? He sounds really nasally. <laughs> it's because I had a terrible cold, yeah. and we should have, but we didn't. We should have waited until I got over my cold so I could do the lead vocals. Uh, but we didn't. In fact, we probably should have used some of the scratch vocals. Yeah. That probably oh, well. sounded. Now you have to reproduce that sound every time you do the songs, right? <laughs> I know. I know. I got to plug my nose. Yeah, plug your nose and sing. So, yeah, the sweater is on Saturn Light, just looking it up. Yeah. So, yeah, there yeah. you go. Uh, All right. So, um, what else did I want to know here? Did you, okay. Just looking my, I'm, my questions are on iPad and you scroll them and sometimes they scroll up and you got to bring them back down again. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm, I've got them all. <laughs> you got sure. them there. Um, what advice would you give young musicians, musicians coming up now, like uh, people starting out? I don't know. It's kind of hard to give advice to new musicians if they're not using real instruments. But uh, go ahead and let us know what you yeah. think of today's yeah, music really. and what what advice would you give somebody? Yeah, uh, put away your computer. Yeah. I w- <laughs> and, and and just make real music yeah. with real singing, real whatever instrument you want to play. But I don't look at it. I don't think a computer is in a musical no. instrument. Unfortunately, a lot of people use it like one. Yeah. And you have, you know, you mentioned GarageBand a while ago. Right. Uh, you know, now I've got GarageBand on my computer yeah. and, you know, you just push one button <laughs> and it quantifies everything. And, you know, it's like it's like a star. You push that little star button and it fixes everything. Right. And the, the kid can take it and show his parents and the parents will listen to this recording and, and say, wow, yeah. when, I, when you're playing in the garage, you certainly don't sound that good. Right. <laughs> you know, it doesn't sound that good. So, yeah. Have you ever seen that? There's a video out and if there's, they're in the recording studio and this girl is singing just beautiful, you know, sort of Celine Dion type vocals, really gorgeous. And then you go, yeah. they're fixing knobs back and forth and you go behind the thing and you hear her and she's just awful. So the yeah. whole point is they're fixing it all up and saying that that's probably how it's done. In some cases it is, but I, I think there's got to be talent to begin with. You just might want to tweak it a little bit. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> even back in, when I was recording with Mike, yeah. you know, we would go back and re-record stuff if it wasn't right. Because you don't want to leave mistakes no. in. Now, now when I listen to that album and, you know, subsequent albums, I hear mistakes. I hear notes that are bad. And, mm-hmm. you know, you've only got so much time. you only got so much energy to work on things. And, you know, we all are going through stuff while you're recording and you're trying to keep that out of the, out of the you know, control room and out of the yeah. track room. But it, it kind of sneaks its it way does. in. And so, it does. You know, you're... 
how you felt that day yeah. and everything ends up you know on tape well there's some of the Beatles yeah. albums they remastered now you can hear the pedal squeak of his kick drum <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know that you didn't yeah. hear that before just because they're able to yeah, yeah. so the, yeah the, the, and sometimes you just want it for the live like if you hear a song where the lyrics are a little different and they go what happened there well they like the take better so they just left it and don't worry about the the as long as it doesn't change the whole context of the song if the vocal performance was good leave it alone well yeah and <clears throat> you know of course back then we didn't have uh pitch correct or no, any of that no. uh that kind of stuff. And now they use it live. I know. So you don't know what you're listening to. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> so, but I mean, I don't know. I, I doubt it because, because we as humans are vain. Yeah. I don't think we're ever going to go back. No, we're done. And that's, yeah. the, that's the problem is that they're always going to be using it. There's nobody's going to ever sing live. Now I sing live without yeah. it, but there's never going to be a time when, nope. you know, there's always going to be people using it live. They're always going to have some sort of, you know, computer device that's going to make you sound better than you really are. And that's why, uh, you know, you've been, you've come to some of our live stream concerts. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're right now, we're just playing outside yeah. in the yard with a, the microphone that's on. I mean, it's just a built-in microphone on our iPad. Right. So it's getting raw sound yeah. and it does sound amazing, but get, people seem to re- really enjoy it, it because it. It's, it's, real. it's real. Yep. It's real. It's real. The vocals are not perfect. It's not, they're not even close, but that's what people sound like when they're actually singing. Yeah, I'm just closing my window because speaking of raw sound, the dogs are barking in the backyard. Oh, By the I, way, they've, I, they've been on every interview I've ever, I've ever done, so they've done their appearance for the day. Oh, yeah. good, good. Okay. okay. <laughs> so okay. Uh, you talked about being a youth pastor, worship leader before. Um, so do you still record and perform? And what are you doing now? Let's get into that a little bit. Okay. Well, yes. I mean, I've never never stopped. Uh, we now the band is uh, a much younger band. Uh, younger. Uh, yeah. Yes, much younger. Our youngest is nine, wow. and that's my son Jacob. Yep. And then from there it goes to Sarah, who's eleven, mm-hmm. and then to Ryan, who's thirteen, and then Emma who's 16. So all four of them play various instruments, uh, drums. Ryan plays drums, yeah. mandolin. He sings, of course. All the kids yeah. sing. Um, Emma, the oldest, she plays uh, mandolin, ukulele, and sings. And she's the wrangler. So when we're playing in events where there's lots of kids, she's amazing at getting the kids to come up. She'll teach them actions. Wow. Like, just get them involved. Natural. And of course, parents love yeah. it when we're playing places they they love to see their kids up there and so that's that's emma has such a great gift in that and she's got a beautiful yes, voice yeah how did they get voice. started with like did they just naturally start playing and singing did you go to them and say hey would you like to learn an instrument <laughs> uh well emma emma you just couldn't keep her off the stage great. she would her on down to the <laughs> when we were playing out in abbotsford once at uh christian school mm-hmm. she um, kind of got away from Julia and I think she was maybe two yeah. and she got away from my wife Julia went down the, the steps you know down the aisles and came up on stage walked up to me grabbed my leg gave it a hug smiled at me and then went back up to Julia <laughs> and she and of course the crowd loved it yeah. you know they they loved they loved that more than I think what we were yeah. doing 
And so, you know, as time went by and she became more, you know, she was always at concerts. She came over to Europe on one of our tours when she was six months old. So she's used to being out in that kind of environment with lots of people. And I'd bring her up on stage sometimes just uh, if I was doing a little talk and I just to give Julia a break and she'd come up and, you know, I just hold her and while I was talking with the kids and so she's she's very comfortable with that. In fact, I would say she's more comfortable in front of an audience than really? I am. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because she's grown up with it. Yeah. I only started when I was like 22 or right, something. Right, right. So whereas she's been doing it all her life yeah. and never known that you're supposed to be afraid and shy and all <sighs> that kind of stuff. Yeah. So uh, when she was four, uh, this is kind of when it really began. We were playing at a school down in Salem, Oregon. Mm-hmm. And she came up, uh, she came down with me because just to give Julia a break, we had Ryan was just maybe a year old at that time. And, you know, if I go off and do a, a few gigs, that leaves Julia with two kids. And that was, yeah. you know, it's a yeah. lot. So yeah. I, I took Emma with me on this particular trip and played at a, a couple of churches and this school. Anyway, so she sat on the edge of the stage. And I still remember this. She was just sitting on the edge of the stage while I'm up there, just me and my acoustic guitar in front of three or 400 high schoolers. And that's, yeah, I'm not very comfortable doing that. I like having a whole band because I'm, you know, not feeling like my acoustic guitar playing is really going to capture them Mm. and, or my singing. Uh, But there's Emma sitting there and she's just got her feet dangling Mm. over the edge of the stage. And she's, singing along she doesn't have a microphone but she's singing along clapping her uh-huh. hands and i'm watching the kids and their attention's all on her mm-hmm. and i'm thinking no 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 you, you got this wrong you're supposed to be looking at me okay I, i'm the star here but no they're watching her yeah. and i realized these high school kids they're not as sophisticated as you might think right. they're they're actually captured enraptured by my four-year-old daughter singing along to the songs because she knows the songs by now and she's clapping her hands and and she's like a little cheerleader yeah she's clapping her hands and they're clapping along too and that's kind of when that seed of an idea i probably was first planted in my brain like to have my kids play with me now i never thought of doing it then But I'm sure that seed unknown to me was planted yeah. probably that very day. Awesome. So it just happened. Yeah. She started doing that, and then I got into ukulele, and she always wanted to try it. And so she learned to play ukulele. And by that time, Ryan was two or three years old, and he started banging away on stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, Ryan's 13 years old, but at two or three years old, when he's banging away on yes. stuff with sticks, yep. he had you know drumsticks around. There and, you go. We would send him outside like you're just so loud. <laughs> the neighbors want to hear it. Yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, and he had he had this plastic drum. We still got mm-hmm. it, and it was a it's just kind of a toy. You can buy him at uh, kids stores, and it's full of like instruments, little percussion, right. uh, yeah. and it's made by parents. Yeah. The company's called Parents, and you take the lid off. And it's a clear lid. Take the lid off. Dump out all the little percussion instruments anyway so he had that and there was two plastic sticks that came with it and he would pound away on that and one day my wife and i were listening because he <laughs> couldn't not hear it and 
she said, I, I think he's playing some kind of a beat. Yeah. Like he wasn't just going bat, yeah. bat, bat, yeah. bat. No. He was actually playing a beat and in rhythm and in time. Wow. And we start to realize, and he was maybe three at the very most, yeah. two or three. Yeah. So we kept putting him outside, but he kept getting better. And then when he was probably, uh, he was probably four or five. We brought him to a gig again. Give Julia an opportunity to have some time, sort of for herself, because by that time Sarah had come along. Mm-hmm. So we had, you know, three kids. So I took um, Sarah. All right. So I took yeah Sarah and uh, sorry Ryan and Emma. You ever get your kids' names mixed up? I, I do all the time. Uh, so <laughs> I, I, I got of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I keep calling them the wrong no, name. No, no I, I'm not Emma. I'm I Ryan. I start inverting anyway. the pets' names in too. So, <laughs> so anyway, Ryan and Emma came to this gig down in uh, again, kind of the Seattle mm-hmm. area. And I, I, I still remember Ryan sitting there. He'd brought his little drum with him, and he didn't want to sit amongst the kids. And Emma was up there uh, singing. She wasn't playing ukulele yet with the band so it's myself the rest of the band and ryan's sitting there uh and there was this cross big huge cross up on the platform at this this school and it goes the the cross goes right down to the floor and he's sitting there leaning up against Mm. it banging away playing along with our songs and but you know what Uh, he was right on i just wondered if the cross fell off the wall no no (laughs) no one of those videos no, no, uh, but we, we've had that happen. Oh, before, yeah, yeah, I've seen it on. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. we had that happen to Emma. A cross fell oh, on boy. her in Hawaii. But anyway, anyway that's another, another story. story. So, so he's he's playing away, and I had to turn around a couple times and look, and it was just amazing. And then the, a one funny story, really funny story that I love to tell, and is from that gig. So this was afterwards. This. Uh, high school kid come up to me and and he said your your son is really like gifted mm. he seems to have like this gift for playing like drums yeah. and i said yeah it's it's kind of amazing he's been doing it since he's like two and now he's like four mm-hmm. and so this this boy who was probably 16 or 17 he, he said you know i was wondering like do you think you could you know, ask him to uh because it's a gift, and I would lo- wonder if he might, like, ask you know lay you know that lay hands on me so that I could receive that gift wow. too. <laughs> and I said, well, um, he's only four, yeah. so I'm not sure he's going to lay hands on you, brother. Yeah. <laughs> you can receive the gift of drumming. <laughs> so anyway, I went over to Ryan. Oh. I brought brought Ryan over, and I said, hey, Ryan, this this boy here, he thinks you have a real gift from God yeah. to be able to play yeah. drums. And he, he would like to know if you could uh, pray for him so that he could receive that gift too. Mm. And Ryan, you can just see he's like four-year-old brain is kind of trying to understand this. And he says, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that kid, I just saw that kid's face fall. Oh, and I said, no, no. I said, we'll, we'll pray for yeah. you, you know. <laughs> but it was cool because he had, like even then, he, he could had just rhythm in his hands and he he'd come up with all these unique uh, drum patterns yeah. and things that i would never it's have thought to it's do a gift it yeah. really is yeah. yeah 
So anyway, okay. I don't. I think we've only passed question four. That's and all good. Still- no, we're we're moving down. We, when we uh, we've okay. got a list of questions, but we've been going back and forth just in our conversations. So don't worry. We're 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 on okay. the spot here. Are the kids around? Or are they out feeding the horses? No, uh, Emma's here, but she has to leave. Yeah. Let me just check. Emma, when do you have to go? Okay. Do you yeah, want to just come on quickly and answer a couple on, of quick listen, questions and I'll get back to you. Wants to ask you some questions. Yeah. Okay. So why don't you come on right yeah. now? Here. And you can hear yeah, him. Hi, Emma. Yourself. Are you there? <laughs> well, it'll just take probably five minutes, right? Oh, yeah. It won't be that long at all. Yeah. Then she can get, get on with your day. Hi, Emma. You could just leave those in. There you go. Are you, can you hear me? Okay. <laughs> Let me listen to. There you, you go. Can tell him to listen in too if you want. Me yeah. To <clears throat> okay. I can hear okay. You. So just speak into the microphone, nice and uh, loud. How How do you like playing in the in the band with your dad? And how on earth did you learn the ukulele? <laughs> I love the look. Uh-huh. I love how you play it. And uh, yeah. Well, thank you. Uh, I well, I started playing it when I was eight years old, uh, and I think I just wanted to have something that um, was my own to do uh, when I was up there playing and singing. Um, so the first song uh, I learned, and I was deter- determined to learn how to play it for that evening's concert, was uh, Jesus Loves Me. And, uh, pardon me? It was at House of James. Yeah, okay, been there, yeah. been there, yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so that was my first ukulele performance when I was eight. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I just was kind of hooked from mm-hmm. there. Um, my dad plays it a little bit. Uh, he plays a couple songs, so. You've taught him, uh, you've taught him a few songs. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he taught me, um, you know, the basic chords. Yeah. And then uh, once we started playing different songs i kind of had to look up the chords and learn how to play them myself good choice i always tell kids i work in the schools i always tell kids in the band pick an instrument you can actually carry to a school with you and you did that oh 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 (laughs) for sure you don't want this big honking trombone or something right yeah Yeah, my sister plays keyboard and we make fun of her because she's younger she's got to carry that around and uh, she's got to carry it around yeah she does a great job on that too you guys are just great i really enjoy your music and uh keep it up and I can't wait to see how you guys progress in the future and uh, maybe branch out on your own one day, of course. So if yeah. you had a band, what would you call it? Oh, I Emma don't know. And the <laughs> 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 I do like the Springmans. So it's the Springmans or the Springman family? It's the Springman. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Okay. So I, I think of you like the, uh, you're our Christian sound of music family, only you're, you're much better. So, and I like the tunes. <laughs> So there's a couple less of us. But yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> What's your favorite song to play hmm. or sing? Um, I like playing and singing "Reckless Love," the worship yeah, song. Great tune. Um, I I really like playing "Live Like You Mean right. It." Um, on our on an older album of Perry and the Poor Boys, that's always a fun one to yeah. play. Um. Yeah, and then probably on our newest album, which hasn't been released mm-hmm. yet, um, I like playing the song Upside, Upside Down. Upside Down, that's a good one. Yeah. Tell us about the video. You did a video for that. and We did, yeah. Uh, so we recorded it in our yard, mm-hmm. and uh, we just had a, a really fun day recording it. Uh, we had some family friends do it for us. 
and we just did a ton of shots that were upside down. So we were playing um, in a tree. Uh, we were playing while hanging upside down on a fence. <laughs> and I have to admit, I've never played upside down. No. On <laughs> and you're actually playing. <laughs> I, I was, yeah. yeah. And I didn't know I could do yeah. that. Um, so, yeah, that was really fun. That's terrific. That's good. Okay. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for you. And uh, get on with your day. Have a great rest of summer. You guys go back to school next week. Yeah. yeah. How do you feel about that? Uh, we're excited. Yeah. We got some new stuff going yeah. on, and yeah, we're excited to keep our our live streams going as yeah, well. Yeah, we look forward to that. So I'm going to ask your dad how people can uh, tune into that and um, about yeah, your new album. Sure. So thanks so much. Have a good day, Lear. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, you Emma. Too. Bye. <clears throat> and I think we did. We lose connection. Nope, we didn't lose connection. That's okay because Mr. Bill will edit. Mr. Saying. Bill will edit that silence out. Don't worry. Are you there, Perry? Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, I know that. I was just getting my all good. In. It's all good. I wasn't panicking. Anyway, <clears throat> okay. So uh, Perry, that was a great uh, talking to Emma there. Um, how are you guys coping right now? As uh, we'll probably put a timestamp on this. Now we're in the middle of this pandemic. As people know this. Uh, this interview could be heard for years to come. So, you know, on our time machine program. So it's been hard. How have you guys been coping through it? Well, you know, uh, I don't know how. I mean, some people have probably been affected a lot less. Right. Uh, by it. I've got a friend who is uh, a farmer out in Alberta, mm-hmm. and she said that it hasn't really affected them really? Yeah. that much uh, because they, you know, work has continued. They, they, you know, obviously shopping and things like that. It's different. They go to the store and things look different, yeah. and people. But she said that it's affected her very little. Yeah. Uh, but then for someone like us who, you know, are, it's definitely affected our work because we can't right. tour exactly. Uh, and then if it's affected our work and we can't tour, it's affected our income. Yeah. And it's been really difficult to uh, to try and um, rectify yeah. because without an income, uh, you know, it's uh, we've got rent and we've got food to, to buy and yeah. gas to put in the car and all the expenses. Yeah. that. So we've had to, like a lot of people who are um, you know, struggling, mm-hmm. We've had to be careful on how we're spending money and try and spend it just where it's absolutely uh, necessary. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, go ahead. And then I was just going to say, you know, we've we recorded an album last right. year that was basically finished, and we were nearly ready to release it beginning of January. Mm-hmm. And we finished a tour out in Minnesota. Wisconsin and Florida came home and then everything shut down. Right. Yeah. So that's, you know, now we're like, what do we do? Uh, it's a lot of, a lot of questions. And so this, uh, Oh, you know what? Hang yeah. on a second. Emma, I'm going to need the cable plugged into the computer. Otherwise we're going to lose signal. Can you plug it in? It's back over there somewhere. No. Sorry. Um, we're going to have to, We've got the computer yeah. or cable. Is it not there? I think I see it. She's going to look for the power okay. cable Go for the, for the Yeah, the power up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, if, if I lose you, I'll up. connect again in a minute. So go ahead. Yeah, we should should be okay. Yeah. She's plugging right now. So, 
let's see, make sure that's working. There we go. Okay. So yeah, uh, obviously we've got this album that we spent a lot of time Mm -hmm. and money there was, you know, on, and it's just basically sitting there. Uh, we've got a few things left to do. We've got to master Mm -hmm. it and we're, uh, we've hired a public relations company based out of Nashville to do a PR campaign. And, uh, you know, that was back in February that Mm. we, you know, signed a, signed a contract with them. Fortunately, we, I mean, they, they're basically putting it on hold and saying, okay, when, when you guys are ready to go, then we can, you know, move forward with it. But so that's, uh, you know, that's kind of hard because that was a big, big investment and not, you know, we're not able to get any return on it financially so but again there's a lot of people that are struggling yeah. in the finances a lot of people have been out of work and so we're not gonna not gonna whine and complain no. too much but you're you're it, uh, but doing some kind of um is it a kickstarter basically to get it mastered right now some fundraiser yeah, yeah. we are. it's on it's on our facebook okay, page so they can go to your facebook page the springman's and look up information that's there. right yeah. yeah yeah and there's a, a fundraiser there okay. they'll they should see it. And there's a little clip of one of the songs too. Emma right. was talking about a video. Yeah, we talked about that. It's on there. Mm-hmm. So, so we've got that clip on that okay. fundraiser as well. And so people can donate to that. We're uh, we've got still got about two weeks left, and we're a long ways from meeting our goal. But you know, if people can uh, help mm-hmm. uh, help out yeah. with that, we would be really appreciative. Yeah, and you're doing your online concerts, so you can get a schedule from your Facebook yeah. page and maybe subscribe to that so they get up, they get a notice sure. when it's happening. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they can also do the tip jar, like a lot of groups are doing yeah. right now. It's the only way they can survive yeah. is through their fans and friends that are supporting them. So people can... That's get, what, that's what um, well, Mike Rowe is doing them. He does uh, the... Friday yeah. nights, right? Have you seen any of his Friday yes, night concerts? Yes, I have. By the They're way? really good. I'm really yeah. enjoying them as well. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of how and we're he surviving. He was watching right? you yesterday. I think he, I saw his name <laughs> yeah, pop up, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, next time, I, if I know he's going to be there, I'm going to do the less the flesh. You should. You got to. <laughs> it's it's a fan. It's a well, family you know what? show. You want to hear a funny story? <laughs> okay, here's a, here's a funny story. So we're playing. Um, excuse me, we were playing at the New Union, yeah. New Union right. in Minneapolis, mm-hmm. and this was a number of years ago. And it was a, at that time, the New Union was a Christian kind of live performance club. Mm-hmm. And the 77s were there going to play, and we were going to open for them. Right. So, anyway, so we're, I remember we were, so Mike and his band, they had already uh, sound checked, mm-hmm. and then. Because we were going to be going on first, we were sound check sound checking last. So we went up on the stage, and our drummer still hadn't arrived. We were going to be using their drum right. kit, seventy seven nice. drum kit, but all our own instruments, guitars, etc. Yeah. And so our drummer was still not there. And so I, uh, I said, uh, "Hey, Aaron, uh, would you come up and play?" Uh, just sound check with us and he said oh sure okay so he comes up on the, gets in behind the kit and I said hey uh, we're gonna we're gonna play the lust of the flesh <laughs> and he goes okay yeah. so so our guitar player starts playing the guitar riff down 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 that yeah. guitar riff 
And and Mike was just sitting down kind of at one of the tables having a, a Coke or something like that. And he looks up, he hears this song, and it's like, I know that song. <laughs> and then we, we bust into the lust of the flesh, the eyes, and the yeah. pride of life. And, uh, and then Mike comes up on stage. The other guys came up on stage, and they – and this is just sound check. There's, there's nobody else yeah. around, just a couple of the workers in the afternoon. And they're all on mic singing the background vocals and we're doing the lust of the flesh guys. That was fun. That was awesome story. I love it. Yeah. Love it. And now this next uh, segment or segments of this uh, time machine program, we're going to talk a little bit with the uh, children that are also in the band, the Springmans and their mother as well, their thoughts and uh, their opinions of being in a family band Good morning. Good morning, Julia. How are you? Good. How's it going, Jeff? <laughs> Very well, thank you. Um, so I hear you're out in the tomato plants there, are you? It's what I do. <laughs> it's how I make the big bucks. Mm-hmm. Hey, speaking of the big bucks then, how uh, how did you and uh, Perry meet? And um, did marriage come first or was music in there somewhere before you... Uh, got together or tell us your story a little bit yeah well we met actually at summer camp and it was uh anvil island daybreak point bible camp Been there, yeah. Uh, yeah and yeah. i grew up there as a camper and then moved on to staff and my brother was a director for a while and so that was kind of my my circle of friends there and perry was up there one summer uh one week they had brought him in just as a, a speaker for the week and doing some music and we, uh, I think he remembers it that we actually met over a vegetarian pizza. Of and course, for yeah. him, it was probably, you know, love at first sight of yeah. vegetarian pizza. So I think <laughs> I was helping out in the kitchen that day. And um, yeah, so we kind of just started hanging out through our sort of camp connections. And that was his first taste of anvil life. And yeah. Yeah, it went from there. So he was doing music uh, full-time already, doing the Perry and the Poor Boys thing. And so then, um, yeah, I kind of started hopping on a few tours, and we did a lot of work in Europe uh, over the years uh, before we had kids, and, mm-hmm. and the years tick on by. Yeah. So uh, is your role now kind of uh, manager slash uh, producer um, no, I don't think I am worthy of either of those titles. <laughs> I think probably my main jobs, I generally, when we're on tour, I make sure the kids um, all have shoes on their feet there before we get in the car. Sounds I'm, like a manager to me. <laughs> yeah, I'm really good at making sandwiches yeah. while we're traveling. Um, but yeah, all all that kind of sort of stuff. When we had the the grown up band, I kind of just did any of the behind the scenes stuff. There's yeah. always speakers that need to be lugged and yep. books that need to be balanced. Drums so. to set up. Yeah, all that. <laughs> Bet you got good at that. That's so you, right. You have the best of both worlds now. Your whole family is literally the band. You can't get any better. That's perfect for a family that's in the ministry of music. It's lovely, yeah, and definitely wasn't in our plan. Of course, people see us now and just think that's what we, <laughs> we I don't know, bred them for. But yeah. when, when we met, Perry was doing music full-time, and I was working as an actor full-time. And yeah. so we always have to, oh, if we ever have kids, hopefully they'll get real jobs and be mm-hmm. smart and be smart enough. Yeah. And, and now somehow we've got the Partridge family thing that's going on. I was just going to so. say, the Christian Partridge family. There you that's, go. 
That's right. Yeah. But it was really neat seeing the kids really come into it really all on their own. I'm yeah. sure Perry's kind of told you a bit, but it yeah. was just, it really was one by one. It wasn't as if we had a family meeting. Okay, are we going to do this? Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, the little ones sort of hung back with me and then started seeing, hey, I kind of like this, mm-hmm. this thing and, and really finding their own talents. Well, so. that's important with kids. It has to be, they have to own it, right? They have to right. decide for themselves. Uh, often parents are try to make kids do certain things that they sure. w- wish for them. Sure. And I really uh, respect what you've done. It's just amazing. I hope other people can take uh, from that and uh, follow that suit because uh, kids are our, our uh, treasure and we don't want to, we don't want to push them into things they don't want to do. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's really neat coming through several years of it now of kind of dragging yeah. our kids all over the world and, and <laughs> seeing the things that they remember. And I hear them, you know, in the back seat talking, oh, remember when we stayed at this place and when, yeah. remember when we met this person. And I think now their view of the world is, um, is so neat and they have friends mm-hmm. in all of these places. And to them, it's so normal. Oh, we might not see them for a year. Yeah. And then we're back in that neck of the woods again and they jump right back in and that's yeah. uh that's pretty special yeah well every one of them said the first thing they said about the group was that they like to travel mm-hmm. they like touring so yeah they're missing it for yeah, sure for sure well we pray that happens soon again thank you so yeah so well thanks for talking with us always nice to get your perspective on things and Absolutely. uh we look forward to more of your online uh concerts we've told people about them so thank you we'll put something on our uh, facebook page with a link as well so people can find you easily excellent and uh, hopefully that uh, grows and grows and grows excellent well thank you so much we appreciate all you're doing to uh yeah to help us out jeff we appreciate it we appreciate you too as well thank you all right take care okay take care bye-bye yeah they fit my ears my ears are too big for those how are you doing there sarah good 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 so how long have you been playing keyboards? Um, how long have I been playing keyboards? Two year? Yeah, about a year. A year. Wow. You are a lear- fast learner. Wow. It's a natural. <laughs> you have a gift as well. So, um, you like playing in the band, of course? Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. What are some of your favorite songs? Um, I like this one called Hero Israel. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, very very Jewish sounding, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's it's on your is that on your new album coming out? Yeah, it is. Oh, that's good. Excellent because mm-hmm. we have tracks from that. So, yeah. So, what's the best part of playing music for you? Um Well, I like being able to travel with my dad because yeah. before I was in the band, he would go away and play sometimes with Emma or Ryan. So, yeah. now that I've joined, I can go with him and that's the yeah. best. They say that too, that when you have a band, a family man or person should have their family in as much as they can because it really works well. So that's really good to see. And I, mean, I can tell you enjoy it. So I can't wait till you guys can get back out on the road again and travel. Yeah. Yeah. You bet you really miss that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you like doing the online streaming thing? Is it okay? Yeah. It's yeah. kind of hard with no audience. Yeah. Because it's hard to be interactive with an iPad. Yeah. So you like it if there's some oh. people in the crowd sitting there on chairs as well. Yeah. Yeah. Even a couple people is good, right? Yeah. But I'm glad that we can still be playing and. Mm-hmm. That's good. Do you read all the comments later? Um, I read 
some of them. Yeah, that's probably the best way to find out how many people. You had quite a few yesterday. I think there was a good crowd of people, so that was good. And then yeah. I know they also watch it later on, so I never yeah. think that that number there is just because it may be the wrong time of day for somebody, but I think you probably get a lot more views than you realize. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. So who, who else do you have there beside you to talk? Um, there is Ryan, okay. my older brother, and Jacob, my little brother. Okay, let's talk to one of both of them, so one at a time. Thank you so much, Sarah. You have a good day, okay? Okay, bye. Okay, thank you. One second. No problem. His earbuds in, so... Okay, Jacob, how are you, bud? Good, how are you? Good, good. So how old are you again? So, sorry, I didn't hear you. How old are you? Nine. You're nine years old, and you play how many instruments? Um, two. Two? Which ones? Um, shakers and violin. And you, pl- oh man, you're the violin, so you put in that subtle little lovely violin in one of your songs. Just love it. You're really good. How did you learn the violin, and why would you want to play the violin? Because I love the sound it makes. Yeah, I do too. Just love it. So is it hard for you to play? Um, it's hard to re- keep remembering where to where to put the bow and yeah. I haven't started um, doing notes yet. I was just playing open string. Right, and then your sister whispers in your ear sometimes, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a trade secret for you, but no, you play really well and you keep that up. What's your favorite part of being in the band? Traveling. You like to travel. I hear that a lot. I think that's a lot of fun. And it's really yeah. good you get to be with your mom and dad a lot more that way, too. Yeah. Yeah. So if you could uh, keep doing this, would you like to do this in the future as well? And maybe you become a solo artist as well someday? Um, I don't think so. No. You just like being in the family and that's yeah. good? Yeah. Maybe be a studio musician playing violin? Maybe. I think that'd be great for you. <laughs> yeah. Okay, thanks for talking with us, bud. Is your brother there as well, the drummer? Yeah. Okay, thank you, sir. Thank you. Can't get this up. Ryan! And it's Ryan coming up next? Yes. Yeah. Hey, Jeff. Yes, sir. Um, one thing, I just an idea I had. You yeah. can sort of not use it, but uh, maybe just have Jacob sing a little bit of his song for you sure you that'd be great. okay jacob i think it'd be really cute uh, go jacob, ahead buddy he's no he already took the earbuds out so he can sing into yeah. the mic then just without the earbuds so you're the one who lives inside you no that's easy <laughs> okay here so just put the earbuds on actually you don't even need you don't even need that you just go up to the microphone and just okay, sing. okay. Um, I'll, I'll give you the cue. You ready there, Jeff? Yes, we're ready. Okay, not too close. Just back away from the mic a little bit. Okay, go ahead. You're the one who lives inside me. You're the one who watches over me. You're the one who never leaves. Because you are, you are the, the Lord. I got some advice for you, buddy. You better keep singing. Keep going. That's awesome. You you better be a solo artist when you're older. <laughs> that was you have such a nice pitch, buddy. Thank you. That's beautiful. Awesome. Thanks. You sing better than your dad. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh boy, just kidding there, Perry. <laughs> oh, it's great. Okay, so I think we have uh, Ryan coming up now. Mm-hmm. Thanks, okay. Jacob. You have a good day, buddy. Thank you. Thank you. Hello. Hi there. How are you doing? Great. How are you? I'm good, buddy. So you, I heard something about you uh, playing the drums at a very young age. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Um, it just started with me playing on a drum and yeah. playing on the counter and playing on a chair and playing on my lap, just yeah. playing wherever with my hands, with whatever I could have. And guess what? That'll never stop. When you start driving, you'll be thumping on your steering wheel with the rest of <laughs> yeah. us drummers. So, yeah. yeah. Did you, uh, were you yourself taught then, or did you take drum lessons? I've taken a couple. Yeah. I, um, from our friend, he, he's drummed in our band sometimes, yeah. Carl Dijon. Mm-hmm. And, and then also a very good drummer, Steve Gould. Right, yeah. And he, he gave me, I think, one or two. Yeah. And um, Jared Falk, mm-hmm. I, I, I think I took one when I was five or six. Yeah. Wow. So you have, you have the uh, Jim Bay drum. You also have an electric, um, is it an Alexis kit you have, or the electric drums that you've played on your shows? So it's a sample pad. It's mm. made by Alesis. Right, right. Sample Pad Pro. Yeah, I pronounced and, it wrong. I said Alexis. I don't know why I said that, but oh. <laughs> Alesis, right. Yeah, and it has, let's see, eight pads on it. Yep. And you can program whatever sounds you want. Yeah. And it has 10 different kits mm-hmm. that are already on it. Wow. And there's all sorts of, there's timba sounds, there's marimba, there's snare drums, there's all sorts of stuff. Wow, so you can literally sound like either Neil Peart or, uh, you know, John Bonham or whatever, Ringo, whatever whatever yeah, drum like sound one, you want. Yeah, I can put whatever, there's splash, yeah. cymbals, there's everything. There's animal so sounds, really cool. right? There's animal there's sounds. Like, hmm? No, there's not that. Oh, okay, but, I had a kit we, that we, barked at you, so. <laughs> oh, but, but we do have, we have, for one of our songs, me and Buddy, we have a dog bark, so we have that sample on there. Oh, you can put samples in there, right? Yeah, we, we have yeah. a bunch of samples, like a cowbell yeah. that we like, and mm-hmm. the dogs. One one kit, I put um, the dog, but you can tune it however you want. So I did them all tuned different and yeah. with different reverb and stuff. I, I play it all, and oh, it's all great. different. Like, woof, woof, woof. It's all different. That's cool. And yeah, uh, it's really cool. acoustic set, what have you got for that, or have you had, or are you currently between sets? Yeah, I have a, in our garage, I have a set that I borrowed from my dad's friend, Steve Clausen. Mm-hmm. But then um, Steve said I could just keep it. So nice. I've got a nice, it's a blue, I think it's Remo. Wow. And then yeah. recently I've got, I got two drum cymbal uh, stands. Mm-hmm. And then I got, um, I can't remember a cymbal. Yeah. I, I got one. Yeah, uh, pasty or Zildjian or um, Sambian, or there's a few, Sabian, that's it. There's a few different kinds. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah so I I don't play it as much anymore because yeah. I have the sample pad. It's a lot easier. Yeah, a lot easier to set up the sample pads and go for it. I've seen you online yeah. playing and I'm looking for your real kit because it sounds like yeah. a real kit. It's really, yeah, I, really I like, good. Yeah, I really like to play the drum the drum kit, but 
we yeah. I only, usually only play that when we're at close gigs. We yeah. can take it. usually yeah. outdoor ones. Right, right. But I have a um, a kick pedal for my Alesis right. sample pad, yep. so I can I still have kick drum. Pin. Get the real feel for that, right? Yeah, that's cool. So I like playing both. Yeah, another good hint for you is a real hi hat as opposed to the um, you know the electric one because that kind of gives yeah. you that feel too, and real cymbals too. But everybody yeah. has their own. It's sometimes yeah. easier just to set up the electric and to go for it. But if you want that feel and some of yeah. the sounds you can't get from that. Yeah, it's always it, that option too. It's just easier to um, make it kind of sound better on the drum kit because, yeah. like, because you can dampen mm-hmm. a snare or you can um, grab the cymbal to stop yeah. making it play. You can open up this your hi hat a yep. lot easier. All of that stuff. Yeah, do the splashy, trashy sound. I like that too. <laughs> it's rock yeah. and roll, right? You can make like all sorts. You can tune it. Yeah, all that. Yeah. Do you have a favorite drummer that we know? Like a famous one that you really like? Um, I really admire Steve Gould. Yeah, yeah. He's a really good drummer. I, I've watched him play in a concert once. Mm-hmm. Um, he was playing with Sarah Bareilles. Yeah. I went I went to Seattle, yeah. I think, with my dad. Yeah, and he was good, eh? He's, yeah, he's a really good drummer. Yeah, did you ever see Aaron Smith? Are you too young to have seen him? You probably were really young when he, or maybe you weren't even around at the time when your dad was talking about him. Who is it? Aaron Smith from the 77s. And he, oh, I, he, I haven't heard of him. He's played with your dad before, so he's... If you can get something online looking at him play, he will just love it. So look that yeah. up and get your dad okay. to show you. He's really okay, good yeah, with the well, model after. Yeah, I really like Jeff Picaro, too. Oh, you better believe it. Yes, yeah. awesome. Nice he's and, a really good nice drummer, tight too. sound. Good stuff. Yeah. Okay, th- well, thanks, Ryan. Nice to get back to you on this. And uh, yeah, thank you. you have a good day, bud. And take care you of yourself too. and stay safe. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, Perry, this has been an absolute pleasure and a blessing. I can't tell you. I feel this is just so good. Uh, I really appreciate you taking your time. Uh, great talking to Emma as well. Um, we're okay. going to say good, good night for everybody. And uh, this has been the Time Machine Show. Jeff Cooper here. Uh, we've been speaking to Perry Springman from Perry and the Poor Boys. Thank you, Perry. Any last words for the audience? Um, wash your wash hands. Wash your hands. No. Well, that for us right no. now, no. wear a mask, wash your hands, and two, you two meters. Anyway. I said that to one of my best friends the other day. Two meters, because he came up real close. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He says, really? I says, no. yeah. You know, <laughs> Yeah, I, I, we don't, I we don't work so much, but, uh, no, actually what I was going to say is that, um, I really appreciate what you're doing, Jeff. I think this is, uh, a very encouraging thing for our family that you're doing this and, um, supporting us. I know you've supported us in not just in words and that goes a long ways and it's literally putting, uh, you know, food on our table and, uh, keeping us, uh, doing what we know uh, God wants us to do, and Amen. you know, and, I, and I'm always reminded that we never know what's going on behind, you know, the scenes, so to speak, when we are doing these shows. And I just got a an email from a girl that uh, I I didn't I don't know who she is, but she said uh, I guess it would be in 2012 mm-hmm. uh, we had come and played at her. A school actually during a period of time there was three or four years around then and we'd played at her university and she said that the 
just recently she was going through some of her old stuff and she found some of the CDs and she was reminded how the, that our music helped her get through a really difficult period in her life. And when you, when you hear about those things later, years later, she said, uh, and she, in fact, she even said, I don't know how I would have done it, but without the, the music yeah. and the influence uh, of what you guys did. When you read stuff like that hmm. and other stories that we've, we've you know, had other people say, literally say, we were, I was going to commit suicide. Oh. I've got, there's a, a story of, uh, that, of a guy some years ago that sent us and said, that was, that was me. I was literally wanting to commit suicide. Wow. And I uh, started listening to Ransom, the song yeah. Ransom, and that changed his life. Wow, hey? Mm-hmm. So I think back on that. I don't know. Whatever sacrifices I had yeah. to make uh, during all this time, I am glad to be able to do what I do. I'm thankful to be able to worship Amen. God and be able to do that with my family. Praise God. Thank you so much, Perry. This yeah. has been a real sure. pleasure and a blast. And I'm yeah. going to say good night. Yeah.